Welcome to the teaching ministry of Steve Franklin. Steve's calling is to coach champions in the kingdom of God. Our prayer for you as you listen to this word of encouragement and instruction is that you'll be built up in your faith and encouraged to take the next step in your development as one of God's true champions. Here's Steve. I want you to turn with me to the book of Psalms, please. Psalms 42. We're going to be skipping around a little bit today. This is session three. I hope that if you have not been able to, to hear sessions one and two, <coughs> that you will do so. We've had quite a bit of teaching here uh, on this subject, and today we continue. As I said before, this is epidemic. Uh, it is a mental and emotional disorder that's characterized by a lack of energy, a lack of joy, extreme fatigue. An abnormal loss of interest, uncharacteristic anger, agitation at times, isolation, prolonged sadness, darkness, a heavy cloud, an eventual lack of hope and recovery. There are many contributors, as we've already said many times, it's physical fatigue. Physical fatigue complicates everything. Did you know that? In the last several days, Dean and I did something that I told the Lord years ago that I would do. You need to know this. There came a time in my life when I was close to a breakdown several years ago. My outgo had exceeded my income. And I'm not talking about financially, I'm talking about energy. I got myself in a hole and I, uh, in ministry, and you know, walking in the office in which I do, you can't just tell everybody that. But I, those of you who are in ministry, listen to me very carefully. Uh, you better find you a safe place. I don't care who you are or how strong you think you are. You better find you a safe place and a covering or you will not succeed long term. Nobody is Superman in this world. Amen. I um, want to tell you that I made a vow to the Lord. I said to the Lord, if you'll just bring me through this, if you will get me out of this hole, I make a vow to you today that for the rest of my life in ministry, when my vehicle is out of gas, I will stop pressing the accelerator. I will pull over and refuel. How many of you know the vehicles you drive, you will break it down if you keep pressing the accelerator when the fuel is out? Do you know your body's the same way? It is the vehicle God's given you just for this journey here. You're going to get a new one, but not down here. So Dean and I pulled over, refueled. Here's what you should know about pastors. We're never off, but we can be away. And so we got away for a while, changed the atmosphere, and uh, refueled. And uh, we're ready to roll. Amen. So thank you for your prayers. Um, physical fatigue. 
is a contributor to depression. Sometimes chemically, if there's substance abuse, uh, sometimes the interaction of medicines, and sometimes genetics. Did you know that you can inherit the propensity to depression through genetic disposition? You can inherit that uh, through physical birth. Mental and emotional trauma, sometimes it can be intense and prolonged pressure maybe in your work, maybe through a family crisis. A, an open door can also be loss of any kind, loss of a marriage, loss of a friend, a child, loss of business, work, income, hope deferred. Sometimes you've been hoping for something for so long and it just never seems to come to pass. And hope deferred can be an open door to depression. Sometimes, as we talked about last time, uh, it can be social. It can be rejection, withdrawal, isolation, bullying, prolonged overexposure to social media. Remember what I told you, don't let your phone on you. If you're addicted to that thing and if all you do is look at it, you got to remember that you don't realize how much emotional energy you're having to expend. If you're like me, some things that I read make me mad. And I know I'm uh, not being very spiritual here, but you pray for me. Maybe I'll uh, get over it. But uh, sometimes uh, I read things and I can uh, go the opposite way and say, oh, that's good. But do you know that uh, if you're constantly receiving messages from somebody else, you're going to have the propensity for your emotions to get tired. That, that requires mental energy. You've got to process that. And without knowing it, uh, it can be a contributor long-term overexposure to social media to depression. Uh, and then sometimes depression is spiritual. You know, the enemy is a, an opportunist. And do you know that uh, when you are extremely fatigued or confused or going through any of these things I just mentioned, the enemy will jump in there and there, is, there are demonic assignments of depression. The Bible says that Jesus Christ of Nazareth was anointed to heal all who were oppressed by the devil. So understand this, that depression can have a spiritual agent behind it. And uh, that must be dealt with. And uh, many times that spiritual agent, if you don't believe that, uh, if you get in deep depression, sometimes you will begin to hear in your own mind suggestions that are, uh, that are self-destructive. You will begin to hear suggestions of, of perhaps even suicidal thoughts. Um, they, there are demonic um, opportunists out there that can contribute to and keep you locked in to depression. So physical, chemical, mental, social, spiritual, they're all kinds of different things. We talked about in the first time about how uh, even chemical imbalances in the brain, and Katie was uh, mentioning that, is, uh, and we thank her and Chris for doing, in her case, what we recommended to see a professional. Uh, Jesus is one, he is wonderful, but he's also the wonderful counselor. And uh, it is uh, not sin or weakness to seek out uh, professional uh, help when that is the right thing to do. All right.
So I want, last time we talked about Elijah and his journey with depression, how this man was just a mighty man of God, how he was used so miraculously, how he was so bold, but how he got into depression right after an amazing spiritual victory. And uh, we talked about his journey in that, about how he cried out to the Lord and he basically said, I'm done. Here's what the Bible records his words were. It is enough. I'm out of here. I'm done. No more. I want to leave. I want to go. It's enough. And how he went on a journey and how the Lord uh, didn't get in there and beat him up for saying, I don't want any more of this. I'm done. God never said, We're, I'm ashamed of you for acting like this. In fact, God said, why don't you lay back down and have another nap? In fact, I'm going to send you some food. I'm going to let you rest. I'm going to give you some food. I'm going to meet those physical needs that you have. That you, sometimes your physical needs are so great, you can't get to your spiritual needs until you address your physical needs. And God is so wise and wonderful and compassionate to do that. And then Elijah went into a cave, into hiding, and the Lord said, what are you doing here? Can I tell you something? There comes a time when you got to take action towards your depression. God said, what are you doing here? He said it gently. And Elijah said, I don't want to do this anymore. There's nobody left but me and all the kingdom of Israel. I'm the only one that's serving you. And uh, the Lord didn't go into a big defense. He said, um, I want you to walk outside the cave here for a minute. And uh, then God began to, to show him some things. There was a mighty wind that tore the rocks. There was an earthquake that shook the earth. But after that, the Bible says God wasn't in any of those. There was a still, small voice. Don't underestimate those of you who are struggling with depression in the sound of my voice that maybe your healing may begin with a still, small voice, a quiet moment when the Lord speaks to you. And then Elijah was given an, an assignment. God said again the second time, what are you doing here? I've got things I want you to do. Can I tell you who are struggling with depression you're going to get through this. There's going to be a new assignment for you. You're going to come out of this stronger. You're going to trust the Lord more deeply. And there's a new assignment for you. Yes. Elijah was to appoint kings. And uh, one of the things Elijah was told to do, remember this? He said, I'm going to, uh, I'm, I'm going to show you who your successor is. And uh, Elijah, as soon as Elisha was revealed to him, he didn't depart and be with the Lord. In fact, he had to spend seven years hands-on training with Elisha, mentoring him day after day after day before God sent a chariot, picked him up, and transported him into heaven. Mighty champions working through depression. You know, there's a man that the Bible calls a man after God's own heart. He was the mightiest, most popular king of Israel. He was mighty in birth from his childhood. In fact, 
The scriptures tell us that when Samuel came to anoint a king, that uh, David said, I'm sorry, on another occasion when David was presented with Goliath, the, 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 the brothers, his own brothers said, you can't do this. What, what are you doing out here? And David said, well, uh, I took care of a lion and I took care of a bear while I was tending daddy's sheep. What is this Philistine pagan? In other words, if I can do a lion and a bear, I can take this guy out as well. How many of you know sometimes what we forget when we get depressed? We forget God's track record. And it's pretty good. And sometimes we have to remember what God has done before we can ever get involved with what he wants to do. He was a mighty, mighty champion. And Goliath, I want to remind you, according to the Bible, Goliath was over nine feet tall. You've seen some big seven-footers these days, seven feet, 300 pounds. This guy was two feet beyond the biggest basketball player that you've seen. That's a big man. You put all the armor, he was quite a character. God used David and a little slingshot to take him out. He was anointed by God, chosen by God. When Samuel saw David, the youngest, the little shepherd boy that had to be called in, God said to Samuel, this is my anointing. This is my anointed. Pour the flask of oil over him. He will be the next king of Israel. His exploits were amazing. Uh, the Bible says that uh, one of the problems that Saul, the king, had with David was David would go out and lead an army and slay thousands upon thousands upon thousands. In fact, one time when he came back from a mighty victory of, over the Philistines, uh, the women lined the streets and uh, they, they said, Saul has slain his thousands, but David his ten thousands. Uh, he was an amazing champion. He was the people's favorite. Do you know he still is? One of the things that exalted Jesus in the eyes of the Jews was he was called the son of David. He was of the household and lineage of King David. He was close with prophets and priests and spiritual leaders listened to him. He was the most powerful and popular man of Israel. But did you know that David had a dark side to his life? Did you know that? This mighty, mighty man who is legendary had a dark side to his life. You say, well, I remember that he really messed up and he committed sin and uh, he was an adulterer. I, I remember, uh, look, it goes way, way, way beyond that. Uh, David not only disappointed his whole nation, but he disappointed himself. Do you remember that David lost a child? I want to tell you something. You are never the same after that. Life goes on, but not the same. And if you have living children today, I don't care how deeply away from God or how deep the despair is, you need to get on your knees and give God thanks that they're still alive and there's still hope. Amen. David lost a child. 
David's best friend. His name was Jonathan. He was a son of Saul. The Bible says they were so tight that the Bible says that God knit the soul of Jonathan to David. They were, they were, and his best friend was murdered. How would you like for your best friend to be murdered in cold blood? He lost his child. He lost his best friend. His wife, Michael, even made fun of him for leading a time of praise and worship, dancing before the Lord. His family was a wreck. His father-in-law, Saul, absolutely despised him. Tried to kill him on multiple occasions. Now, I know some of you have trouble with your father-in-law, but I bet he hadn't tried to kill you yet. (laughs) Tried to kill David multiple times. And David always honored the Lord's anointed, the position of the man who was the king. David's children were a mess. Now, I know some of you think that your children are a mess. You, don't, you have no clue. Let me tell you a little bit about David's children. One of David's sons raped his daughter. I, I can't even imagine that. One of David's sons raped his daughter. How you live with that? The other son was so furious when he found out, over time it boiled and boiled and boiled and boiled in him to finally one day he killed the son that raped his sister. So now we got a rape and we got a murder in David's close family. Did you know that another one of David's sons named Absalom absolutely led a mob to run David off the throne of Israel and seek to kill his own daddy? I don't know about you, but that's three pretty tough situations right there with his children. Heartache, unimaginable. And this darkness, this depression settled in on him. Look real quick with me to Psalm 6. I'm going to skip through this pretty quickly. Look in Psalm 6. Here are some of the expressions of how David was feeling at different times in his life. Look, this wasn't an event. He struggled with this. Psalm 6, 6. Are you listening? I bet some of you can identify with this. I am weary with my groaning. All night I make my bed swim. I drench my couch with my tears. My eyes waste away because of grief. It grows old because of all my enemies. And some of you know that the biggest enemy you've got is depression. It's a place of darkness. Psalm 13 
Oh, here's just a slice. How long, O oh Lord, will you forget me forever? Don't you ever feel that way? Well, three of us have. Come on. How long, O oh Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long shall I take counsel in my soul, having sorrow in my heart every single day? How long will my enemy, this enemy within me, exalt over me? My, my. Let's look at Psalm 32. Let's go to, uh, let's go to Psalm 38. Psalm 38, I'm beginning here. With verse 6, David says, I am troubled. I'm bowed down greatly. I go mourning all day long. My loins, my inner man are full of inflammation. It just feels like something is inflamed on the inside of me. There is no soundness in my flesh. Just when I think I'm going to feel better, it crashes in on me again. I'm feeble. I'm severely broken. I groan because of the turmoil of my heart. Well, are you getting any help? Look at verse 11. My loved ones and my friends stand aloof from my plague. They don't want to have anything to do with me. I mean, nobody wants to hang around me because of all my deep depression. Everybody wants to just kind of scatter and get away from me. Can anybody say, been there and done that? It's, it's real, isn't it? And then he says in verse 13, but I, like a deaf man, do not hear. I'm like a mute who does not open his mouth. Do you know what, I, you know what David is saying here, I believe? He's saying, I am so eaten up with this dark state of depression, I don't feel like talking to anybody. I don't feel like hearing anybody. Come on now, hadn't you ever felt that way before? This is a depressed man. But I want you to see something here. I want us to go to 42 of Psalms. This is ascribed to the sons of Korah. The sons of Korah were priests who served the temple all, at all times. And many scholars believe that David actually wrote this and gave it to them to pen and to make sure it was in the canon of Scripture. I don't know the answer to that. I don't know exactly who did it. But this right here describes the crisis of trust that we're all going to have to go through if we're in a depressed state. What a description, chapter 42 of Psalm, verse 2. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come? Notice the questions. When shall I come and appear before God? You know what he's saying? When are you going to listen to me, God? When are you going to finally listen to what I'm crying out for that I don't, I'm not hearing anything? You ever been through a season like that? Let me lift both hands. Okay, say pastor's been through this too. All right. My tears have been my food day and night. Does that sound like a real happy-go-lucky guy to you right there? 
My tears have been my food day and night. While they con- In other words, you know what that's saying? Remember what Katie was saying? Sometimes you just, it just takes your appetite away. My tears have been my food day and night while they continually say to me, where is your God? Notice he's asked two questions here. When is this, when am I going to be able to sense your presence again? Where are you God? He says, I, when I remember these things, I pour out my soul within me. And notice, I want you to skip down here to verse 6. I'm I'm sorry, verse 9, are you there? I will say to God, my rock, why have you forsaken me? So I got when. When am I ever going to get through this? When are you going to speak to me? Where are you, God? I'm doing what I know to do, but you're not hearing. And then he says, why? Why have you forgotten me? Why do I go mourning because of the oppression of the enemy? As with the breaking of my bones. My enemies reproach me while they say to me all day long, where is your God? How many of you know that sometimes your internal enemies are a lot greater than your external ones? It is a journey of trust. But I want you to know that in between these struggles, let's go back now uh, to verse 4. He says, I used to go with the multitude, and I went with them to the house of God. What's he doing? Out of this depressed state, he's saying, you know, there was a time when I was with other saints, and we were worshiping, and wow, what a time, what a time that was. It's helpful for you to remember that this God has shown up at times, even though you don't see him today. And there has been manifestations that you can't deny. And I went with a, we went with the voice of joy and praise with a multitude. And, and then he says, remembering that, verse 5, here's what he says. Why are you cast down? Who? Oh, my soul. So who is he talking to? Himself. He's talking to God, where are you, why, when, and then he changes and he starts talking to himself. Why are you cast down, oh my soul? If you're ever going to get through depression, you've got to talk to yourself. You've got to tell yourself the truth, isn't that right, Don? You've got to tell yourself the truth. All right, now look, why are you cast down, oh my soul, and why are you so disturbed within me? Hope in God, for I shall yet praise him, the help of his, of his countenance. His countenance is going to restore me. Now look what he goes right to next. Oh my God, my soul is cast down. Hey, what he said was not an instant fix. The struggle was kept on going. Man, I'm up. Thank you, God. I, I, you are going to be the help of my count. Oh, God, why is my soul cast down? Monday does come after Sunday, does it not? But then he reminds himself of the experiences that he had had 
some of these wonderful experiences that he had with God as he communed in nature with the Lord his God. And then an expression of faith. The Lord will command his loving kindness in the daytime and in the night his song shall be with me. A prayer to the God of my life. And notice he goes back. I will say to God my rock, why have you forgotten me? Has everybody seen that? And then he ends the psalm with an expression of trust. Why are you cast down, O my soul? Why are you so disturbed within me? Hope in God, for listen, for I shall yet praise him, the help of my countenance and my God. With every, with every challenging thought of depression, he reminds himself that there is a God who is going to help his countenance, who is going to bring him through. So here's what I want you to notice out of this passage. He was open and honest. Can, you, can I tell you something? You can tell God anything and you can tell him exactly how you feel. It's not going to move or change how he feels about you. You can tell him how this really stinks. You can be open and honest and express the pain that is in you. In fact, if you keep it inside and you keep it bottled up, you're going to cause yourself some significant problems, big time. And I want to tell you something. Medicine won't solve the problem of bottled up expressions toward God. It just won't, it won't fix it. Be open and honest. Speak to the Lord. But notice that not only you, should you bring it out into the light, not only should you seek the Lord, but you got to tell yourself the truth. And do you know what the truth is? The truth is whatever God says it is. That's the truth right there. Do you know that most of the time, that's the last place we go to. That's the least input that we have is what God says it is. God said, I'm going to bring you through this. Do you know I love that Luke 4 passage, 16 to 21, where Jesus said, I am anointed. I am the anointed one, and I am anointed to preach the gospel to the poor. I am anointed, listen to this, to set captives free. To heal those who are brokenhearted. And the word in the Greek means crushed. Broken down. Do you know there's anointing in Jesus of Nazareth. Who loves you beyond your comprehension. That can break the power of depression. And he is the only power that can permanently break that off of you. The anointed one. Tell yourself the truth and remind yourself. And while you are reminding yourself, you might as well go ahead and speak it out loud. That's what the psalmist is doing. He's saying, well, he's talking to himself. Speak it out loud. 
And remind yourself that the anointed one is going to bring you out. He's going to bring you through. And I notice here what this, this passage says. This psalmist says this. I shall yet praise him. I shall yet praise him. The help of my countenance and my God. I want everybody to say this with me. In the name of Jesus. Come on. In the name of Jesus. I hereby declare before God, before these witnesses, before every spiritual being, I will seek the Lord. I will remember his love, his goodness, his faithfulness in my past. I will be honest with God and myself and my core whom I trust. And I will speak the truth to myself, regardless of how I feel or what my circumstances say, God's word is the truth, and I will tell myself the truth, and I will persistently forecast, declare, and stand for my healing, my deliverance, my restoration. In Jesus' name, I here I stand. Now, you're going to have to not only do that in public with the saints, you've got to do that in private. Because you know what? God's bearing witness with you right there in that vehicle. He's bearing witness with you right there in that room. He's bearing witness with you right there on that walk. You just speak that truth to God and any spiritual witness there is. The main thing is that you hear yourself. What are you trying to say, Pastor? We have a part to play to partner with the Lord in the destruction and the healing from depression. I want you to bow your heads with me. I want to pray for you today. I've been praying for you lately about this very matter. And I want all of you to know in the sound of my voice. Dean and I love you. For those of you who have let us in on your journey and the difficulty and the darkness of it, we admire you. Oh, we admire you. We respect you for admitting your need. If you're here today and you were fighting an illness, what good would it do for you not to tell your spiritual leadership, the shepherds of your sheep, or somebody in the body of Christ that you trust, what good would it do for you not to say anything? Then why would you withhold this battle with an inner enemy that is so vicious. Thank you so much 
For those of you who have shared that with Dean and me, we will protect your privacy. We will pray. Because there is one, hallelujah. There is one who is anointed to break the power of that depression off of you. There is one who is the mighty physician who knows all things. There is one who can bring resolution and order into every fiber of your inner being. He said, I'm anointed to set captives free. I believe there's an anointing here today. I believe that in the power of the Holy Spirit, I believe that if you will seek the Lord right now, right in your inner man, in faith and in confidence that Jesus absolutely loves you. I believe that if you will cry out in your own inner man to him to deliver you, to break the grip of oppression and depression, that you will honestly express your heart with him, that you will do the next right step, whatever that is that he tells you, that having exposed and brought into the open and being willing to take the next right step, whatever that may be, you may receive it through prayer. The Holy Spirit may lead you to see a therapist or a doctor or somebody, whatever the next right step is. Would you listen to the voice of the Lord and would you obey? But most of all, would you begin to tell yourself the truth? Would you begin to speak the promises of God's Word over you? You're not some wimp because you are fighting depression. You're a mighty champion whose trust is going to bring you to a new level of intimacy with the Lord and a new level of fruit bearing in the Lord. Over and over and over again, we see God's mighty champions go through a season, some short, some very long, of depression. Regardless of how dark it got, His faithfulness, His grace sustained and brought them through. Paul said, I despaired of life. But the grace through the Holy Spirit and the support of your prayers brought me through. Hallelujah. Those of you who are struggling with depression today, I want to tell you something. The days of that depression controlling your life are numbered. Hallelujah. They're coming to an end. (laughs) The anointed one is going to break that yoke. Oh, Jesus. Just heal broken hearts here today, God. Break that grip off of these and every one. Thank you for your attendance here. We plan to continue this series uh, next Sunday. I know that uh, it's touching many of you.
some of you may be glad when it's over. But that would be only because you've never suffered. And uh, it's real. So we thank the Lord for his goodness. He loves and is faithful to us. Father, in Jesus' holy and mighty name, we pray that that work that you began in these moments, that you will continue and perfect for your own glory. In Jesus' mighty name, and all the people said, Amen. we'll see you next week. You can access more of Steve Franklin's teachings online at www.sfmin.com.